Welcome, everybody, to the uh, bonus edition of the Breaking Blindness Barriers Discussion Group. Uh, we're meeting here on September 25th, 2021. We are here to talk about all the new Apple announcements, but in particular, the new iPhone 13 release, as well as the new iOS 15 that's now uh, out there in the wild and on probably a lot of our devices. So we are the Breaking Blindness Barriers Group. Uh, which means that we are a group that gets together for the purpose of discussing ways and sharing strategies to get rid of those pesky barriers that get in the way of us living full, independent, productive, and fulfilling lives. So that's what we're all about. Today, of course, we're very focused on technology, but our discussions are not always focused on technology. So don't be discouraged if you're not necessarily a tech person. We will periodically also discuss other issues that are low or no tech. So if anybody wants to get in contact with me about this group, uh, you can reach me at help at techjv.com. That's H-E-L-P at T-E-C-H-J as in Julian, V as in Vargas, dot com. My website is www.techjv.com. And my phone number, if you are hearing this recording and uh, don't do the Internet, is 818-794-9554. If you know of anybody who may be interested in participating in the group, and if, primarily if they live in the Los Angeles area of Southern California or the greater Fort Myers, Cape Coral area of Southwest Florida. These are the two areas that I'm most active and always uh, happy to uh, welcome new members from. So again, have them contact me at the uh, contact info I just gave. Uh, the, the uh, this meeting of course is provided free of charge, uh, but donations are absolutely welcome and accepted. It helps me to offset the cost of doing things like uh, paying for Zoom and other costs that are involved in keeping up with things and uh, helping to keep you all well-informed and keeping these meetings going. It's uh, primarily via PayPal. If you go to my website, www.techjv.com, at the very bottom of the page, there is a donate link. Or if you're using PayPal, you can just type in uh, P-R-T-B-L-A-C-C-E-S-S at gmail.com. And that is the email address that's connected to PayPal. And you can feel free to send something there. If you are able to and motivated to, it's always welcome. But it is absolutely not a requirement. I do always want to keep these meetings free of charge to anybody who wants to participate. So uh, now that we got that stuff out of the way, we're going to get right to it and discuss the new iPhone 13. So right off the bat, I'm very saddened to report that uh, once again, Apple has chosen not to include Touch ID in the new iPhones. And that is, uh, at least to me, rather irksome, uh, especially uh, in light of the fact that we are still in a perpetual state of wearing masks indoors in places where it's required, uh, trying to use Apple Pay with a Face ID phone can be a little annoying because it takes away the convenience of uh, being able to just look at the phone and unlock it and then put it out of the terminal and make the payment. So you either have to enter in a passcode or you have to quickly pull down your mask just in, enough to let us see your face and then pull it back up. And, of course, Apple did add a new feature earlier this year where if you have an Apple Watch, uh, 
you can, uh, as long as it's paired with the phone in question, you don't have to uh, uh, enter a code if you show the phone in your face with a mask on. But unfortunately, this doesn't work with Apple Pay. It still requires you to enter a PIN or, again, pull down your mask. Uh, one thing I'll point out real quick is that uh, with Apple Watches, the newer versions of Apple Watches, even the uh, fourth generation, which is what I currently use, Apple Pay does work a lot better than it used to with older versions. And lately, that's actually what I've been using. So if you do have a Face ID phone and you have an Apple Watch and you're looking for an easier way of uh, making your Apple payments at, at terminals, uh, try loading one of your cards to your Apple Watch's wallet and give it a spin. You'll find that it works a lot better than it used to with older versions. So as far as the iPhone 13, uh, uh, looks-wise, it didn't change a whole lot. It's very similar in look. It's that newer flat-edge design instead of the curved designs that we saw with the, 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 the a lot of the 10 series phones. But um, it is a little bigger, slightly bigger. So, um, and because of that, it uh, means that uh, you will have to use different cases. So, uh, but other than that, looks wise, it's it's very similar. They just like they like to do every so often, ever so slightly move the camera lens or something. And I, uh, <laughs> if I'm going to be cynical, I'd say it has to do with uh, selling cases more than anything else, but I could be wrong. One really nice thing that came with this year's iPhones is that finally they've doubled the storage capacity of the base models. In other words, you know, you can buy the 13 and it, well, with the iPhone 12, the base version was 64 gigs of storage. With the iPhone 13, the the base storage now is 128 gigs. So that's really nice. It doubles your storage, and they didn't raise the price, which is nice. The screen is, they say, 28% brighter, has a higher refresh rate. And refresh rate has to do with uh, how many times the screen uh, draws itself over. And there are some features on some of the phones that uh, actually do some really neat things with refresh rate. So more about that a little bit later. There's something called Pro Motion, and it's only available on the 13 Pro and the, the 13 Pro Max, not on the 13 uh, Mini or the regular. And I, I should have mentioned that earlier, too, that uh, there's four uh, sizes uh, or four varieties of, of this year's 13. They're doing the Mini again this year, which is a smaller in terms of size and, of course, has a smaller battery and all that stuff as well. Then there's the regular 13, and then there's the 13 Pro and the 13 Pro Max, which is the largest. The Pro Max is the largest of the phones. In the uh, in the uh, Pro and the Pro Max, that Pro Motion I spoke of earlier that works with refresh rate will adjust itself depending on the activity. So if you're moving your finger around the screen, uh, depending on what you're looking at and interacting with, it may uh, speed up that refresh rate or slow it down, which in some cases may uh, help with battery consumption. But the other nice thing, too, is that a higher refresh rate, I believe, also translates to snappiness with voiceover. Because after all, it's looking at the screen and doing all that at the same time while it's giving you feedback of what's under your finger or what you're interacting with. 
There are, of course, better cameras and some added uh, fancy modes uh, added to this year's models. They really seem to uh, be on this kick of turning the iPhone into a professional movie camera. And if if you saw the announcement, uh, the Apple's California streaming uh, announcement, uh, they showed a really good example of this. And if you watch on something like Apple TV and enable audio descriptions, you got a really neat description of, of the uh, movie that they were filming with the phone. So while I certainly couldn't see well enough to appreciate the clarity or, or the detail or, or what was actually being highlighted there, uh, it seemed like it was pretty neat just the way it was being described. So yeah, it's, it's, this is of, of interest primarily to people who are into pro photography and videoing and recording movies and such. But of course, some of this can also be helpful, I believe, in the long run to OCR and perhaps apps like Ira and Be My Eyes that uh, connect you to visual assistants. But as far as how useful, that'll remain to be seen once the phone's in the wild and being used by more people. Uh, one of the rumors said that there would be the LiDAR feature on the 13 regular phone, and that was not the case. So it's again, the LiDAR stuff is only available on the 13 Pro and Pro Max which is a way that the camera has of estimating distance between you and objects. And there are apps that are actually playing around with this LiDAR stuff. Uh, again, I'm, I'm still kind of on the fence about these things. So I'm watching with interest to see, but I, I definitely see a potential for this being helpful in some of the apps that we rely on as blind and visually impaired users. Improved battery life is something notable. And of course, these are some of this stuff sounds very familiar. You, you hear it every year, better cameras, better screen, better this, better that. But uh, battery life is always important. And especially for us, because of the stuff that we're having to use in conjunction with the uh, regularly used features of the phone, battery matters a lot to us because we always have a screen reader chattering and interacting. We have this extra overlay that's giving us information and giving us better control of the device that the average mainstream uh, sighted person does not have to deal with. So battery life matters a lot. So anytime that improvement battery life comes through, it is something worth considering. So compared to the uh, 12 Pro and, and the Max, on the Mini and the regular 13, you're getting about one and a half hours more of uh, battery life on it, you know, in general. And, and I don't know all the uh, different metrics they use. You can actually go online and find much more detailed uh, info on the stuff if you care or are interested. But in general, that's the uh, main uh, advantages that we're seeing uh, so far over the uh, 13 and last year's models. On the, on the basic and the mini, it's um, an hour and a half longer. On the Pro and the Pro Max, uh, this is where you see a little bit better improvement. You're talking up to two and a half hours. And some of the things I've read suggest that for the first time, the Pro actually has a little bit uh, better uh, or lar larger battery capacity than the Pro Max. So that's kind of interesting. But I think in the end, it, it probably comes out the same in the wash. Uh, on average, about two and a half hours longer of battery life when you use those models. And some of the testing I've seen suggests even better. I, I've seen some really big numbers, and especially when you compare it to models older than the 12. So when you go 11 or 10S, 10R, uh, and, and even further back, then, yeah, you're, you're definitely going to see much bigger improvements in, in battery capacity overall. 
and efficient use of energy. So um, while I don't think it's necessary to upgrade your phone every year, every few years it's probably not a bad idea. They say it's also slightly larger and heavier. So as I mentioned before, uh, you'll, you're going to need new cases. Uh, I don't think they're doing smart battery cases anymore, by the way, on these phones. I think uh, Apple's gone all in now on the MagSafe batteries, which is a similar idea, but except it sticks with a magnet to the back of the phone. And instead of transferring the energy from the pack to the phone via the lightning connector, it is not doing it via the wireless charging capability on the back of the phone. So for those who want to know what I'm doing, uh, I'm staying with the SE. I bought the SE at the end of last year when it became apparent that uh, no touch ID was going to be included in the newer iPhones of then. And when it looked like COVID was uh, getting worse, not better. So it meant more mask wearing. And at the time I just decided, you know what? I, I don't want to keep having to, do this uh, monkey business of uh, pulling down the mask and entering passcodes to get into my phone when I want to pay at the register with Apple Pay. So I got the SE and I got the smart battery case that fits that phone, which is ironically enough, the one made for the iPhone 7, but that's what works. And I'm I'm happy with what I'm doing overall. So it's serving me well. iOS 15 is running perfectly fine and snappy on this phone. So I personally at this time don't see a need to upgrade to the 13. But, you know, at the end of the day, this is a personal choice. Everybody's use case is different. There's no right or wrong. It's just that given uh, what was offered this year and more importantly, what was not offered this year, I decided that Apple was just not going to get any of my flagship money this year. So wait and see what happens next year with the iPhone 14. So as I mentioned before, the newer Apple watches work much better with Apple Pay if you're interested. So if, if you used it before and found that it was a little sluggish or not that easy to work with, if you have an, a watch four series or later, try it again. You might be pleasantly surprised. So uh, now that we're done with the iPhone stuff, I'm going to go ahead and open the discussion and see if anybody wants to say anything. I'm particularly interested to talk to anybody who has already either bought and used the phone or who maybe has got, got their hands on the phone uh, to see if, what they have to say in terms of what they have found. Or if you have any questions about any of the details I gave, if you need any further explanation, or if you've heard something that I didn't mention that will be helpful to the group. That's also welcome as well. So opening the floor now. So remember, you're going to unmute, you're going to say your name and wait to be called. I'm hearing crickets. No comments, no questions. Okay, then we are going to move on along to iPhone, to iOS 15, uh, the newest version of the operating system. Apple also at the same time releases updates to the watch, to the Apple TV, to the, uh, HomePod, to the, the, uh, the Mac, all these different things. But, uh, I focus primarily on the mobile stuff. So it's primarily iOS 15 and some iPad stuff that's sprinkled in here as well that I'm going to cover. 
And I want to point out that uh, uh, a lot of credit goes to the folks at AppleVis.com, uh, as well as the folks on the VI phone list and other blind phone related lists that I'm on. I get a lot of information from those sources, as well as my own experiences. I've been playing with the iOS 15 beta for, uh, you know, a little bit of the summer and uh, right uh, prior to the release. So I, I, you know, I got the sneak preview. I got to experience some of the bugs that uh, thankfully they fixed and you guys didn't have to experience, but inevitably stuff gets through. And uh, this is just the way it works when you're dealing with a major operating system update and you're dealing with a company that focuses more on meeting deadlines as opposed to putting out a slightly more polished product. But I guess they figure they got the rest of the year to to clean it all up. So the cool thing about iOS 15 is that Apple has made this available to phones all the way as far back as the iPhone 6S and the original SE, the one that was more in the iPhone 5 or 5S uh, body style. So that means a solid six years of updates that that phone has had and continues to enjoy. So, you know, that's one of the things I like about Apple devices as opposed to other uh, manufacturers is that they really do an excellent job of long-term support for these things. So, you know, they, they, they charge a lot of money. But in some ways, you get your money's worth because they don't just abandon it after two or, or three years at the most, like you see with Android. So uh, this will work as far back as the iPhone 6S. But uh, one thing to keep in mind, though, that even though it supports as far as this 6S, there are some of the newer features, especially the the AI onboard intelligence stuff that uh, we see uh here on iOS 15, that's just simply not going to work on the older phones because they just don't have the, uh, the the fast enough processor and internal resources to really be able to handle it in a way that's a, a good experience for the end user. So at the end of the day, uh, if you want access to the newest, latest, and greatest, you're, if you're running an iPhone 6S or, or a 7 or an 8 or even an iPhone 10 or 10, uh, yeah, the iPhone 10, uh, if you're running any of those phones, you may want to consider updating and you don't have to get the 13, by the way. You can go even to the 10S series of phones or the 10R, uh, which in my opinion is still one of Apple's best phones in terms of uh, battery resources and everything. It, it was a great phone. So you can find, you can find those used on the market. So if, if you don't want to pay the big bucks for a newer, a newer phone, uh, look on the used market because I bet there's a lot of that, uh, those 10S and 10R phones that are hitting the market and you might be able to get a good deal on them. So. That's what I, that's what I would do, uh, because there is some of that stuff is really neat. So uh, in conclusion, it's going to work on the, uh, 6S through the 10 series phones. But if you want the onboard AI stuff, that's, uh, that's really neat. And especially has added some fun stuff to voiceover, you'll want to get the newer phone. So let's, uh, let's get the bad stuff out of the way. Uh, these are some bugs. It's a list of bugs that I've, both experienced as well as have found listed on places like Apple Viz and mailing lists and in general, just talking to people. I would say that uh, if you encounter bugs, you should always report them to Apple Accessibility. Remember, the more that they hear from us, from as many of us, 
the more urgency it puts on them that they need to get this stuff fixed. It's not just one or two people. It's several thousand people that are being affected. And we need to kind of get the point home to them that we pay for these devices as well. We pay the same price. We don't get a blindness discount. Therefore, we expect our device to work just as well as it does for the sighted user because we paid our, our money. Our money is just as green as theirs. If you want to contact them by email, you send it to accessibility at apple.com. Or if you want to call them by phone, you call 877-204-3930. Once again, 877-204-3930. And you can talk to Apple Accessibility. That contact info, by the way, I have an entry in my contact with all that in there. And I think that's a good idea if you don't have it to create a contact and put that in there because that way it makes it real easy when you want to contact them. You don't have to go and, uh, oh, where did I write down that number or where did I write down that email address or what did he say? You just open your contacts and look under Apple Accessibility and there it is. I would also say that if you depend on your device for certain very critical things, especially medical related things, that you also might want to wait a little bit to see how things shake out or maybe even wait till 15.1 or that one point something uh, comes out. Inevitably, uh, they will address things. In fact, there's already a 15.1 beta available out there. And um, so they're working on stuff. So you might want to wait. And especially if you are a user of uh, devices like the Dexcom, uh, if you're diabetic. I've heard some reports that there are some issues with getting notifications uh, about readings that it gets with some of the changes that iOS 15 makes to the way notifications are presented. So, again, uh, look into this a little bit. Don't be so quick to update if uh, if anything breaking may make a very critical difference in your life. So uh, one of the problems that uh, I've heard people report that I myself have not experienced is problems with the wallet app on the iPhone, especially if you have multiple cards or passes in there. Apparently, if you try to select one of the other ones by using swiping, uh, you can have crashes or it just simply won't work. So the, the workaround for it is to either use Explore by Touch, meaning that you move your finger around the screen as opposed to swiping left and right with one finger. And that sometimes that can uh, make these objects visible to voiceover and then you can interact with them. I've also myself have experienced volume issues with the alert tones that come with uh, WhatsApp. So, for example, if you're recording a message and, you know, it makes that noise when you unkey. Uh, now with iOS 15, it's more like really loud. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that could be a little annoying. And that's one little bug I've encountered. And I think I've read of, of other people have experienced it as well. Uh, another problem is the app switcher. Uh, for some people, uh, the apps in the switcher are not being read as you flick through them. So uh, for those who don't know, uh, Apple has an app switcher that allows you to very quickly move between open apps and also lets you uh, close apps that you're no longer using, which in the case of certain apps like GPS apps is a great thing to do because otherwise they keep running in the background and eating up your battery. So uh Normally, you can open the app switcher and then swipe through each item, and it tells you what it is, and then you have the option to remove it. Well, in this case, as you swipe to, through these items, some of them just read as active, but it doesn't tell you what the name of the app is. So 
the way that I find a workaround it is to swipe until you hear active and now take one finger, the same finger you're swiping with, tap the middle of the screen and that will land you focus on the app that's in, that's visible there. And now it will read you the name of the app and you can take action or you can swipe all the way to the left, keep swiping to the left till you get to the end and now swipe to the right. And as you swipe to the right, every app is now read and you can interact with it. The other workaround that some are suggesting, which I'm not in favor of, is that if you turn off reduced motion under accessibility and motion, so if you go to settings, accessibility, and then motion, uh, there's an, uh, an option there to turn on something called reduced motion, which uh, reduces the amount of animations and things going on, which in my opinion, if you don't look at the screen, you don't need to have that on wasting your battery and eating up resources. So that would, uh, that's how you work through that particular bug. There are some who are also experiencing a problem with a system wide share sheet. And for those who are not familiar with that term, you know, when you go to a photo or any kind of thing you might have in your phone or something you, an attachment you received in the email and you see the option share. When you open that option, you now are presented with a lot of options. Like, for example, the, the, the most recent people you had contact with, as well as to, to, to mail or to messages or to Facebook or Twitter, whatever apps you may have on your phone, or in some cases to an OCR app like uh, Seeing AI, if it's something that has text in it that you would have wanted read by this OCR app. Uh, for some people, the uh, apps in that are not reading properly. But I myself, I'm not experiencing that particular bug, so that one's intermittent. There are people who are having issues with these apps that either give hourly time updates or hourly chimes. I've been reading a lot of this one on the list. And every time the topic of hourly chimes and, and, and clock apps comes up, those always, for some reason, generate a lot of traffic. So a lot of people are having a problem with especially older apps that maybe are not being updated for a while. Uh, something changed in iOS 15, and again, uh, these apps are not giving you your hourly chime or, or time announcements as expected. So it's possible that uh, you'll either have to sit it out and wait for somebody to update something, or you'll have to get a more current uh, app. And thankfully, there are a plethora of them in the App Store. I myself, I'm not a user of these types of apps, so I, I couldn't. I don't have a recommendation to make there. There are also problems with Siri. And by the way, this is also affecting people who are not even on iOS 15. But I think that uh, because of changes Apple has made to Siri, in particular, uh, now under iOS 15, it's doing a lot more stuff on board your phone as opposed to farming out to a server. And I think that transition is going, is a little painful. So Siri is not doing certain things. In particular, the one complaint I've heard from some people is that you used to be able to tell Siri to read your voicemail messages, and now she's not reading them. She says, I can't help you with that. So I say hang tight. I think uh, this always happens around this time of year when Apple makes a lot of changes to things server-side. And uh, keep reporting it to Apple accessibility because, again, it uh, it shows them that more people care and maybe they'll get that fixed for you soon. There are some problems accessing pickers 
in uh, the screen down options or certain new things that uh, uh, they've recently added with voiceover. And I've heard of this with other apps as well. So uh, just be aware that uh, there, it, this is there. It also uh, creates, creates a problem with existing alarms in the clock app. Uh, sometimes it doesn't let you edit those. So it means that you have to delete it and start from scratch and recreate that entry in order to get it to work. So, again, I, I'm sure Apple's going to fix this in due time. But if you rely on those uh, options or those functions, you may want to hold off on doing this update. Uh, for Braille display users, I've heard that uh, if you're composing emails, especially lengthy ones, that uh, random words get inserted in weird places. So, uh, And there's also other Braille display stuff that I've seen as well. But I'm not a Braille display user, but I'm hoping that some of you who are will be able to come in when I open the floor here after this section and uh, fill in some of those blanks for me. Uh, FaceTime audio. Uh, has changed. And I think it has to do with the fact that uh, FaceTime is trying to compete more with Zoom now. And they're adding all these new things like spatial audio or making it seem like uh, the audio is coming from a certain part of the screen, depending on where the person's face is showing, because you can add multiple people now in a FaceTime call. So uh, some people are reporting that they're noticing a change in the audio of FaceTime. If you want to play with this a little bit, you have to actually be on a call and you look, you want to then open your control center and look for a mic button. And I'm told that there you can go and adjust some things and tweak it around and see if you can get it to sound more like the way you want to hear it. There are problems also accepting. So uh, problems also accepting interactive elements and uh, or interactive notifications and elements that exist in them from the mail app. The Apple One subscription screen uh, is not uh, currently uh, accessible or very usable with VoiceOver. So um, if you're trying to subscribe to some of that stuff, uh, you might have a problem. But, hey, that's money for Apple. So I imagine that's probably going to get fixed very soon. There are problems also if you're in iMessage and you're trying to share a photo from within the iMessage app that uh, you can bring up and normally a grid would show up. And I understand visually it's still there, but you can't swipe through it. You actually have to do the explore by touch to uh, find the photo and then select it and then you'll be able to share it. I'm told that the uh, shortcut, the shortcuts app is uh, having some problems as well. And um, it's uh, not very accessible in voiceover. So especially if you're trying to create or edit a shortcut, you might experience some difficulties there. On the iPad, uh, some of the multitasking controls that have recently been added, are uh, there's some difficulties in accessing them with voiceover. And uh, voiceover is not uh, 
adding the selection status on the allowed uh, notifications when you're setting up one of these focus modes, which, by the way, uh, is kind of like having a profile. We talked about this uh, when we talked about the uh, spring announcement or we talked about the WWDC where they talked about a lot of these features that were coming. This focus mode has changed the way a lot of things work, including do not disturb. Uh, do not disturb is now placed under this focus option. These are like profiles. If any of you had the older Nokia phones, you might remember that there were apps that you could get that allowed you to set different profiles. And this uh, was for like, for example, when you're at work, maybe you only wanted certain notifications and not others. Uh, you can have these profiles set and you can easily switch between them. So that's what Apple's doing with this focus stuff. But unfortunately, uh, there's some voiceover accessibility problems when creating or editing some of the focuses that you've created. There is also a problem for users of the uh, USB HID Braille displays. Apparently, this is some new standard. And again, I, I don't know much about Braille displays. So I'm mentioning this here in case that there are Braille displays, because I know there's several already here who play with Braille displays. So I'm hoping that uh, you guys will be able to step up and uh, talk to us a little bit more at length about what that is and uh, what the problem, if any, if you've gone to iOS 15, if you're experiencing So uh, that's kind of some of the bugs that uh, I've read about and experienced. So I'm going to open up the floor and see if anybody has anything to say or ask or contribute to this discussion. Uh, unmute and say your name, please. Robert. Hey, Robert. Go ahead. <clears throat> so first off, I haven't played with a Braille display, so I'm not going to touch on that today. <clears throat> but two things that I've noticed with iOS 15, um, the first one is, and, and I don't typically do email this way, so I didn't know about it till I was alerted, but there are people who use Siri to send email, and apparently you can't do that with Siri on iOS 15, it says, just like you mentioned about, I forget what it was. Um, it says, I can't help with I, that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's a broken um, thing right now. And then the other thing that I, I have noticed is that when I'm turning speech off to do something in particular, let's say WhatsApp, I will turn speech off when I'm uh, recording a message so that other notifications do not come through while I'm talking. And when I turn speech off, it's, you know, does it right away. When I go to turn speech back on, there's a real noticeable delay of turning the speech back on. Oh, that's interesting. And you're using the iPhone 12? Uh, no, I have the 11 Pro. 11 Pro, okay. So I, I'm I'm using the SE, which has mm -hmm. the same processor as your phone, but I think <clears throat> much less resources. Um, but I haven't experienced that. It, it, I, mm. it seems to be fairly consistent in terms of it saying that it's on or off. Mm -hmm. But it's definitely good to note. And, yeah, the, the Siri stuff I think is, is more of a server-side thing than an iOS yeah. 15 thing. Because some mm -hmm. of the uh, – in fact, one of the people who's having the voicemail problems – uh, specifically had not updated yet to iOS 15 yep. and this experience. It. So I, right. I think it's on Apple's end. Yeah, same with the email. Um, the person who alerted me about it today 
um, has updated to 15, but she has some friends that have not updated yet. So they're still running 14.7 or 14.8, uh, some of them, and they're having issues with Siri. So I, I think it's just one of those. It's a server yeah. issue. They're, they're, they're reconfiguring a lot of stuff. You know, as mm-hmm. these phones get po- more powerful and Apple gearing or targeting the privacy minded people uh, a little more these days. Uh, I think that the goal is to eventually put all this stuff on the phone so that you don't have to send to a server. Mm-hmm. Everything will be done. All, all series work will be done on the device locally. And I think that's what's happening is they're, they're making that transition slowly but surely and something went kaflooey somewhere. Mm-hmm. And now it's kind of messed things up until they fix it. So is that all? Wait, hang, yeah, that's hang on. all I have for now. Yeah. Okay. So thanks, Robert, for that. And was that Keith with a question? Yes, I do. Uh, yeah, question. Okay. How is the audio on iOS 15? The audio as far as what? Like you mean listening to music or do you mean, um, the speech? I'm sorry, Keith. I'm not hearing your voice anymore. I'm hearing some shuffling around, but I'm not hearing your voice. Can you hear me now? Okay, somebody is singing on and on and on and on. A beautiful concert, but we got to mute you. <laughs> yes, can you hear me now? Okay. Yeah, go ahead, Keith. Sorry about that. What I'm saying is I have a lot of Zoom calls. Uh, some of them are international. And how is the audio on with iOS 15? Well, I'm for, used- like Zoom, Zoom or virtual. I'm not noticing any different myself. I'm using Zoom on an iOS 15 phone. I'm using a mono headset though, with a headset mic combo thing. So, uh, I myself, I'm not, I'm not noticing anything on the speakers or in earbuds or with this headset. Um, what was your second question? Uh, that, that, that's all because especially okay. overseas, uh, like for example, uh, I'm, uh, in the Philippines, for example, the audio for Zoom calls is not that good. Right, and that uh, probably has more to do with that. Yeah. Probably has more to do with their internet over there, because I know Jamie has issues like that too when she communicates with the Philippines. So, but but yeah, no, yeah. in and of itself, I, I don't think I haven't noticed any changes in in audio. If somebody else has noticed anything, maybe they could uh, speak up. So, mm-hmm. thanks for that. Um, does anybody else want to well, contribute to this discussion? Andy, you said. Wait, wait, good, by the way. Oh, thank you. Okay, so yeah, Keith, okay. go ahead and mute. If go ahead and mute yourself, if you would. Andy. Okay. Okay, so Andy, I got you on deck. Let me take Jane because I think she had her hand up. Um, just very quickly, if you are a screen time, but specifically the downtime, um, you, I'd like to use downtime just to get a, get away from my phone. That pick your item to choose your time. Uh, not, um, not, it used to be accessible, not right now. But it's not, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was, that, that was one of the things I, I mentioned. So you're, you're actually experiencing it. I, I don't use features like that. So <laughs> that's why I throw it out here because I, I know other people use stuff that I don't use. So yeah, let, let, let's hope that that gets fixed soon because I could see why some people 
like that. After all, Apple wouldn't put it in there if they didn't want people or they didn't think people would use it. So um, any other observations, Jane? No, no. Okay, thanks for that. Go ahead, Andy. Okay, I have an iPhone 8 that I upgraded to 15, and the issue I have is, like, I have my apps in folders. I had two uh, screens of folders, and after upgrading, I noticed that two of the folders were broken. They just disappeared. The apps were scattered willy-nilly, and now I have a third screen. Uh, and then last night, I deleted an app that I'm not using anymore, and after deleting that app, uh, another folder was broken, and now I have four screens. And, I, and I'm just wondering if, uh, you know, if you've heard of anybody else uh, having that issue. Um, did you did you post about this somewhere? Because I, I feel like I read something somewhere. I, I did on the iPhone list. Okay, the so iPhone that was list. that was you who I read. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I, did, I did see that, um, but I've not heard of anybody else having that. That's very strange. That's very strange. I know it's not uncommon to have pages change, especially if, if you keep all your apps on pages. Sometimes when an iOS gets updated, Apple adds apps to the mix, new things that they threw in there. Like, for example, Magnifier is now a standalone app. So it's possible that they could have added that in there somewhere. And it um, if you had all your screens full, and you had maybe four screens, or well, maybe it now created a fifth screen that has that app and some other maybe new things they've added. But I have not heard of it breaking folders like that. That's that's definitely a first. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. And has anybody else experienced anything like that as well or found any workarounds? Uh, I welcome those comments as well. Uh, anybody else want to uh, speak or say something or ask something? Tom Lang. Hey, Tom, go ahead. Yeah, a uh, couple of things. Um, as regards the share sheet, um, it's kind of a peculiar thing. I uh, I was using uh, Outlook, and I got one of those uh, informed delivery, you know, things from USPS. Uh, if anybody knows about that, what that does is you get notices from the post office that you have mail and you see images of packages that are expected or, or letters or something that are expected to come to you. And uh, one of the things that you can use is the share sheet to uh, pass the image on to things like seeing AI. And uh, so I went into the share sheet as, you know, I usually do. And I saw Activity, 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 activity. Uh, uh, yes. Okay. You're having and, the same issue. Well, yeah. Now, what I did, though, uh, and I thought this was, I thought, well, you know, I've got nothing to lose by this. So what I did was I went into where it said screen recognition. And when I turned that on, then the share sheet icons were really identified. Uh, and I was able to pass the image on to seeing AI and have it read and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but then when I went back into a Zoom call that I was on, uh, I then had to turn screen, uh, uh, screen to you know, description off. 
in order to restore normal operation in Zim. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I thought that was kind of peculiar. Uh, so, yeah, have you tried um, the same trick I said for uh, the app switcher where you touch one of the items instead of swipe through them? And see I have if not had, read it? I have not had issues with the app switcher. It's, no, but I'm saying, have you tried yeah. that similar trick on the share sheet? Uh, actually, no. I I didn't think of that at the time. I was just uh, sort of so, feeling about. And, yeah, so yeah, you might so. want to get, give that a try and see if that at least that works for now. Another thing is I use the informed delivery service, mm-hmm. and now with iOS 15, I no longer have to send that photo to seeing AI. I simply open the, uh, the scanned image, and with the uh, new uh, onboard uh, intelligence stuff, it can actually read me what's in that picture. Oh, nice. Yeah, so mm. that, that that's one of the things that was further down on my list of, on the pros that I was going to uh, talk about. But, yeah, that's, uh, that mm. you no longer have to share, at least I no longer have to share it to an, a third-party app. I can use the voiceovers built-in uh, photo recognition stuff to tell me what's on that picture. Wow, now does it now... As as an aside, if I go into my camera roll and I've got a ton of stuff in my camera roll and I don't know how the hell it gets there, but and it, <laughs> uh, I wonder what it would do with things in the camera roll. Well, I can tell you that it'll read this. It'll do the same thing. In fact, today I was looking around to see the where I put the picture of my vaccine card, and I remember the date I took it. So I went to the picture, and lo and behold, I touch it, and it's read without even opening the picture. It's reading to me the text just by putting focus on it. Wow. I'm going to have to play with that one. So play with that. It's, it's definitely on my list of pros. <laughs> uh, uh, so thanks for, for bringing it up. But yeah, try that with the share sheet. Try that same trick to, instead of swiping through, put your finger on, on each item and see if, if that'll read you what's in the share sheet. Cool. Uh, now I did want to comment on something that I thought was kind of interesting. Uh, the, I've noticed that uh, the haptics seem to have changed a bit. Um, when I am in certain screens, even on some home screens. Uh, yeah, where it's extra jittery now. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's more yeah. vibration. Yeah, you can go into voiceover and, and you can adjust that. Oh, you can? Yes. Okay, because I don't. That drove me nuts the first day I put in the beta too. So yeah, I had to get rid of that right away. Ah, okay, all right. I will. So I go in. Wait, hang Uh, on a second. Let 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 Tom finish, then I'll. So where where do you where do you go for that now? You go into Voiceover. Yeah, go go to Settings, uh, Accessibility, and Voiceover, and um, I forget the menu section where it is now, but it's it's the one where you go and control all that stuff in terms of the feedback that you're getting. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Cause I don't, I don't, you know, I don't particularly need that. Uh, at least that degree of, you know, I don't need those vibrations. But I, I don't either. <laughs> I don't, I don't need to know. I mean, that's why I've disabled a lot of that stuff is I, I pretty much know when I'm touching a blank part of the screen, but look, it's good. There's some people who don't know and some people who have other issues and, and, and that feedback could be very valuable to them. So, uh, oh you know, yeah. Kudos. Kudos to them for including it. I think for a novice user who may have issues, say, you know, wandering off the main body of the home screen into the dock, for example, uh, 
you know, there's going to be that, I would call it something like a ridge, you know, uh, where, you know, that the, the, or going off the main body, you know, into the status bar inadvertently and things like that. You get that extra vibration. And whoops. You know, kind of slipped off the edge there. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's good to be able to control that. So by the way, before, uh, before I let you go, I know you play with braille displays a lot. Do you have anything to add to the braille display part of the discussion? I, I really haven't, I haven't worked with it extensively. No. Um, I've read about, you know, the issues with long emails and things like that. Um, the, yeah, I'll have to test that out and see what's going on with that. Um, and if I do encounter random things being, you know, moved around or inserted, you know, things like that, I, I will definitely report it. Awesome. Uh, Thank you. Yeah. I'm, I'm using for, uh, I'm using an old, you know, Braille sensor too that I've, you know, been using for about five years now. And, uh, uh, what I've seen so far, it seems to be working pretty well. But I, as I said, uh, I, I didn't, uh, you know, I generally keep stuff fairly short when I'm writing email. I'm not writing screen after screen after screen. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, I can, but I, you know, yeah, I'm not, I'm not that. <laughs> I'm not that verbose. <laughs> there you go. You're, you're not writing a book yet. All <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Well, um, do you have anything else you wanted to add or comment on? Um, no, that's it for now. Maybe something will jog my memory as, as we okay. come down the pike a little bit. So thanks. Very cool. Thanks for that. Uh, anybody sure. else with any comments or questions before we move on past the bugs? Robert, where uh, uh, Jamie said she saw something. No, Julian, you, you, um, well, Tommy asked the question for me, um, okay. of, of where you find the, um, thing to, to change the jitteriness. So that's, that's cool. I appreciate it. Oh, no problem. So, okay. Anybody else? Going once, going twice. All right. Moving right along, uh, to a better part of the presentation. I always like to get the bad stuff out of the way first. So uh, one uh, good thing that's come with iOS 15 is that VoiceOver now consistently reads a time on the lock screen when you wake it up by pressing the lock button or however you wake up your screen. For the longest time, it seems that uh, this has always been very inconsistent. Now, let's hope that it stays fixed because sometimes Apple fixes this and then they send another update that sends it right back to not working again. But for the time being, if you're a fan of using your iOS device as a, as a watch uh, that you don't have to do a whole lot with to get it to tell you the time real quick, that is working as it should in iOS 15. There's a new thing they've added called the Quick Settings menu. And it's very similar to what you have with the rotor, except that... Uh, you can bring it up a different way. You bring this up by uh, uh, triple tapping with two fingers. So you take two fingers and tap three times on the screen. Or is it quadruple? Hold on. Oh, no, I'm sorry. It's four times. Strike that. <laughs> four times. I was going to have you bring up the item chooser, which is not what you're looking for here. Uh, you want to tap four times with two fingers. Tap, 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 tap with two fingers. And that, unless you've assigned that gesture to something else, because, you know, voiceover lets us do that now, um, 
you can assign, you can use this gesture and you can do things. You can move these things up and down, move around, arrange that list in the way that makes more sense to you. I think you can also have things show up or not show up in that list. But uh, one of the other nice things about that is besides the fact that some people have always had a hard time with the rotor and just wanted a different thing that was more like a list that they could interact with, uh, it also lets you free up your rotor for certain things. So let's say you like your rotor, but you're finding over time that it's getting kind of cluttered with all these new little things you want to quickly have access to when you're on any screen. Well, now you can choose to put certain things in your rotor and then you can use your quick settings menu to have all the other stuff that maybe you like to have quick access to but don't necessarily need in your rotor. And when, once you've uh, adjusted that quick settings screen to your liking, it could be a very powerful tool to uh, sort of be a second uh, rotor of sorts without having to do the gesture of a rotor. There's also more uh, verbosity options. So uh, yeah, one of the, the alerts that the, the, the uh, kind of get, made me chuckle was that you can now have it tell you when your flashlight is on. And I know because <laughs> I've experienced this personally over here. Sometimes Jamie's been playing with her phone and all of a sudden I look over in her direction and I see this bright light coming at me. It's like, wait a second, are, are you, you have your camera on? <laughs> and she says, no. And I said, well, your, your flash is on. It's, uh, it's definitely on. And she looked and sees, oh yeah, it is on. So now you can have voiceover tell you when the flashlight is on or off. And you could even have it give you an alert after a certain amount of time that your flashlight is still on. Cause you want to know that because aside from the fact that that could be an awkward thing, especially in public, because people might think you're secretly, you're trying to record them without uh, them knowing it, but your flashlight gives you away. Uh, it could also be a drag on the battery. That's a very bright light, and it will definitely uh, put some mileage on your battery. So it's kind of nice to know that uh, you have that ability now to be notified. You can also have numbers spoken as words instead of digits, which sometimes comes in really handy. Like when you get these numbers, like when you're looking up addresses, and the address is one, two, three, four, five, uh, some street. It, instead of it saying 12,345 uh, or something like that, you can now have every, every number spoken as one, two, three, four, five instead of 12,345. Uh, the only thing I don't like about that though is that I, I, I wish that, uh, they would make that work in certain areas, but in other areas not do it. Like for example, when you touch the time section of your status bar, because now it'll read 12 colon 45. 1, 2 colon 45 is how it'll read it. So it'd be kind of nice that in certain instances you could say, yeah, do this except for this place or that place. Maybe that'll uh, come in in a, in a future release. If you, uh, if you use full keyboard access with voiceover, it no longer causes uh, problems with voiceover focus. I myself never use this, but I know some people like to use uh, keyboards and such. So if you were having a problem with that, uh, know that iOS 15 seems to have addressed it. In the Notes and Mail app, they say that uh, the misspelled options in the rotor is finally working the way that it should. I've not had a chance to test this yet, but... Um, 
I've been discouraged for the longest time because I always see it there and try to use it and always find that it never works as expected. So I've given up on it. So I'm looking forward to trying it out one of these days, but they say that that's been fixed. In Safari, one nice little touch that they've added now is that if you want to refresh the page, you don't have to find the uh, refresh button now. You can simply uh, you know, tap on the upper part of the screen there and swipe down with three fingers. And just like it does in the mail app and in certain other places that we've used to, we're used to this gesture working, it'll automatically refresh Safari just by doing that. And as I talked about earlier with, uh, with Tom, expanded, uh, description in pictures is a really great thing because aside from the fact that it'll read your text, it'll also give you more information about things in that picture and let you actually explore that picture and bring up a report, if you will, of different items and different things that are found all within that picture. So those are, um, those are some of the, uh, of the pros that I've found uh, so far and have read about so far. I'm curious to know if anybody out there has any questions about that or uh, has any uh, uh, pros that they have found, things that uh, that they found that, hey, this is nice. Tom, I got Okay, uh, a few people uh, stepped up there. I think Masood uh, heard yes. you. So go ahead. Yes, uh, I have a question uh, about uh, this iOS 15 that they were talking about that, um, when it's released, you can save your ID, picture ID, or driver license to the um, some section, or you can save your uh, vaccination card on the health app. Uh, have they uh, done it? Anything about this or no? Well, as far as the picture ID, from what I understand, there are certain states that are doing pilot programs where they are going to allow you to store a digital copy of your state ID or driver's license. Uh, and I presume that'll be in the wallet app because that, that's where it would make sense. I don't think California is one of those states, at least not that I've heard. Uh, the vaccination card, I've heard some people talk about doing that. I've not heard of any app or thing here uh, locally that's doing that. So what I did is I just simply took a picture of the front and the back of mine. I also went on the state website and I downloaded a QR code and I saved that to my uh, photo gallery as well. So that if somebody needs to see that and scan a QR code or see that card, I can quickly bring it up. And again, because of the uh, expanded descriptions that you now get in photos, it's really neat because I, I remember the date, but I might have taken several pictures on that date. Well, now if I tap the photo uh, in question, it, I'll hear right away whether it's because I'll hear the language. It'll say vaccination card. So it's like, okay, that's the one I want to open up to show them. So uh, that that's as far as I know that you can do with iOS 15 here. But again, other, other states are doing different things. It kind of varies. There's no uh, universal standard as of yet here. Is that the only question you had, Masood? Yes, yes. Thank you very much. Okay, thank you for that. And then uh, somebody else came in with Masood. Ron Hilliard, was it? Ron Hilliard. No, it was Tom. Oh, it was Tom? Okay, mm -hmm. sorry about that. Uh, go ahead, Tom. Yeah, uh, as regards quick settings, did you say that was um, two-finger quadruple tap? Yes. I just tried that and got nothing. 
and this is with iOS 15? Yeah. And did you assign that gesture to anything else previously? Not that I'm aware of. Because I, I had done that before. There was a time that uh, the label element function wasn't working right, so I temporarily had assigned it to that. And when I tried it the first time, that's, it brought up, and then I remembered, oh, yeah, I reassigned that. So I just went into uh, voiceover you know, settings, accessibility voiceover, and you go to commands and look for the uh, the touch commands. And look through C, scroll through that and look under four finger, uh, taps. Or, I mean, two finger taps and look what they have under four finger. And it'll tell you if, if, if it's empty, then yeah, you'll have to go in there and choose it. And one of the nice things is that instead of having to uh, swipe through that whole long list, there's a search field on the top of that screen now. So once you're in, in the uh, gesture that you want to customize, go to that search screen and type in quick settings. Or, or dictate quick settings in there. And now it'll take you right to it. You could double tap and select it. And, and now it'll be set to that gesture. Yeah. I may have done something like that a, a, a way back. Uh, yeah. after I got my iPhone 12 Pro and I wasn't used to the home, uh, the lack of a home button. Right. So, so you know, I was, I messed around with the uh, back tap and, you know, stuff like that, which is, you know, uh, okay. I know I did something with back tap. So, okay. uh, but I, I may have messed around with something else. Yeah. So, so go, go in there, you know, the settings, uh, accessibility, voiceover commands, and then look for things related to touch gestures or, or, or touch things and, uh, find it's a, it, you know, it's, it's, it, it's categorized. So they start with one finger, two finger, three finger. Yeah, so look for that. Find the, uh, the, the two finger, uh, quadruple tap part, open it. And see what it's set to. And if it's set to something else or set to nothing, just go in there and search for the quick settings and put it in there. And now you, it should work. Cool. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Anyone else? Robert. Go ahead, Robert. Yeah, just a comment. Um, so this wasn't specifically with 15 because I had 14 when I did it. Um, but on, on the vaccine card, I just wanted to mention that <clears throat> I went into my or on the vaccine, vaccinate.lacounty.com uh, and found my info. And I was able to just save it to the wallet. And so now it's in my wallet and I can just open that and have it there if anybody needs to see it besides the QR code. Oh, okay. Very good. Yeah. Vaccine.lacounty.info. Yeah, I, think, I think it was vac- vaccinate.lacounty.com where you signed okay. up for your vaccine. Okay. Um, yeah. I'll yeah. look for that because I want to add that to my wallet. So very cool. Mm-hmm. Masood, hopefully you were listening to that and that's a place to go look. So you can at least get the uh, vaccine card added to your wallet. Very cool. Thanks for that, Robert. Um, anybody else? Okay. We'll move right along here. Uh, I have some other enhancements that, that are, are noteworthy. Uh, one thing I really like is that they finally allowed you to have separate signatures for each of your email accounts. So if you have more than one email account, you'll be really happy to hear this if you don't already know about it. Because one of the things that was really annoying with the iPhone mail app is that you had to have one signature for all your accounts, one. And I have a separate signature for my personal account versus my business account. 
and my uh, miscellaneous account for mailing list. I don't think I put anything in that signature line because there's already enough stuff that goes out with a mailing list. I don't need to add more noise to that chatter. So <laughs> uh, it's it's really nice that now I can actually have a separate signature for each of my email accounts. So look for that under settings and mail and look for your account and um and look uh and look to see you'll be pleasantly surprised that you can now have separate signatures for each of your email account. Uh like we talked about before, this live text stuff uh that's been added with the onboard intelligence really does uh equal for better at text detection in pictures. So for example, if you have seeing AI, we talked about it earlier. Tom talked about it, how he used to open up his informed delivery stuff. And that's what I would do as well. I'd open it and then I'd open the picture. Then I'd hit share. Then I'd choose, you know, open with seeing AI and then seeing AI would open it. And then I would uh, have access to the text that was in that picture. Well, now that all those steps have been removed, I just open up the email that has the uh, informed delivery stuff. I open the uh, the view scanned image. And now with that being the full thing on my screen, I can simply just swipe or, or, or explore by touch on the screen or even invoke a report, if you will. I think you can swipe up or down with one finger to, and it'll put you in that rotor where you can have different things you can extract from that picture. So either way, it's a way that now you can get text right out of that photo. And some other things you can do with that text are pretty cool as well. So, you know, if there are web addresses in that picture, you can actually uh, be able to take Safari right to that web address. If there's an email address in there that you want to write to, you can uh, activate that link and now it'll open up your mail app and let you send an email. If there's a phone number in that picture, so let's say you took a picture of a restaurant or somebody sent you the picture of a restaurant that has their phone number. Well, now you can open that and you can find the phone number in that text and it'll, it'll convert it to a link that if you activate or double tap, it'll bring up the phone app. And now you can actually make a phone call or you can add it to context. I've heard of people using this also for uh, now scanning their uh, cards that they get when you're at conventions and such business cards. You can take a picture of those and then later on you can extract that text and interact with it or use it to create a contact. Another nice thing that they added is email privacy settings now. So again, in the mail uh, section of the settings, uh, you can activate this. And what's neat is that uh, it can stop uh, companies, especially spammers, from knowing that you opened their email. Because believe it or not, uh, they can find out when you opened it, where you were when you opened it, what your IP address is, all this. They can get all this info on you just by you opening. So even if you don't respond to it, they can see that you opened it, and that lets them know, hey, there's somebody at the other end of this that actually reads this. Let's send them some more. So they do this by hiding one little pixel. Believe it or not, one all it takes is one little pixel hidden in that email and that gives them the ability to gain all this information about you and where you were and how you opened it and such. So you can turn on email privacy setting and it makes it harder. It will not send that information to the uh, recipient or, or the sender anymore uh, when you open that email. So it may drive some people crazy because some people like to put that in their email where it notifies them when somebody opened it. 
I get it, but you know what? I I like that Apple gives us the right to choose uh how much or how little we want to share with somebody. There's also in the weather app some really nice enhancements. Uh if you're into weather, uh you probably heard at some point, might have been last year or the year before, Apple acquired an app called Dark Sky. And um They've incorporated stuff from Dark Sky into the native weather app on the iPhone, which means that you get a lot more details as you're looking around the screen for your local weather or any location that you're watching. And one of the things it lets you do is you can turn on notifications for things like rain and snow. I hope in time they're going to expand that to other kinds of weather. Like I would love it if it would tell you about storms coming, thunder or lightning, that kind of thing, like other apps will do. I have a feeling it will in due time. But for right now, it's kind of nice that it does give you that notification. It'll tell you when uh, it's about to rain and in the area that you are. Or you can also, if you're, if you have certain areas that you watch, you can also be notified of weather happenings in those areas as well, as well. So, you just have to go go into the weather app and uh, go into the options, and you can enable these notifications. And then you can, um, if you have multiple locations that you watch, you can enable notifications for each of those settings. Me personally, I only have it set to my current location. So wherever I am, I'm going to get those notifications. I don't necessarily need to know about if it's going to rain somewhere else that I'm not. So, cause I'm not going to get wet since I'm not there. So <laughs> I don't need those, but maybe some people like to know about that. It's, uh, it's some nice little additions that they've given in the weather app. Also, I might add for those of you who are really into weather, and get into the nitty-gritty of things like the difference between humidity and dew point, it's nice that the weather app now gives you both. It'll tell you the humidity as well as the current dew point. Because to me, the dew point is a much more accurate indicator of how how to, how it feels, how much moisture there actually is in the air, how uncomfortable or comfortable you feel. So uh, the weather app has a lot of neat little stuff that they've added, so uh, you might want to give it a spin. Also, the rotor items, uh, the, the speaking of status of things in the rotor items has gotten a lot better. So, for example, things like the speech rate now, when you, when you turn your rotor speech rate, it'll not tell you what your speech rate is set to, as opposed to making you have to flick up or down to hear what it is. You know, you have to move it up, then back down to what it was. Same thing with things like image description or, or screen detection. Uh, it wasn't very clear. In iOS 14, here it now will say image, you know, screen detection on, image descriptions on, or image description off. It's it's a lot clearer, easier to understand. So uh, I really like that they have made the rotor uh, give clearer information. And screen recognition is definitely working better under iOS 15. We, we've talked about this. This helps with certain apps where the developer has maybe not done such a great job labeling all the elements, or in some cases, some of the elements are labeled by a graphic instead of text. By turning on the screen detection, it makes it uh, so that in some apps, suddenly you can know what all the elements are. There are also instances, however, where screen detection changes the way that you interact with the app, especially if you swipe uh, left and right a lot. So, or in some cases, it makes it so that it doesn't speak anything on the screen, which is really frustrating because it leaves one thinking that there's something wrong or that it crashed or whatever. So uh, 
you can turn this on on a per app basis uh, by uh, by going into the voiceover settings and, and accessing that. So, uh, and you can also do it as you're in the app by turning your rotor and turning it to screen detection. And then again, it'll tell you whether it's on or off. So it's, if it's on and it's acting funny, try turning it off. If it's off and some of your elements are not labeled or you're not getting the best descriptions, try turning it on and see if that helps. Some of you may remember that uh, recently too, they, they added something called activities. And it was primarily a voiceover function that made it so that you can have a separate set of behaviors under certain circumstances. So maybe for certain apps, you might have wanted it to, to read with a different uh, TTS or text-to-speech versus the normal one that you use for everyday uh, navigating of your phone. Um, I, for example, created an activity called access demo. So when I'm showing uh, a, a new client or giving demonstrations on the iPhone, I turn, I switch to this access demo activity. And now I have it speaking with the female Siri voice, which is very crisp and loud and clear. And I have it at a slower speech rate so that the average person could understand it. Uh, and I have it speaking hints and doing things like that. All the stuff that I normally don't have going on when I'm normally using my phone with voiceover, I can activate it in an activity and have it come on either by manually turning it on from the rotor or when I go to a certain app, it would automatically switch to that activity because I've programmed it to do that. So all that to say is that uh, they've now expanded this in iOS 15 to work uh, with visual adjustments. So it's now under accessibility settings, there's something called per app options. And there you can do different things. Like you can have have certain contrast settings, certain text size happen when you're in a certain app or on a certain type of screen. You can turn on smart invert, crossfade transitions, all this stuff, depending on, you know, if you need these options, if you're low vision, you might like this because there are certain apps that uh, maybe the, 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 the contrast is already set and working the way that you see it best, where other apps may not do that. Or some apps may have larger uh, fonts and other apps not. Other apps may have very clearly defined buttons. Other apps may not. So you may need certain uh, visual adjustments to help you on certain instances. So you can use this uh, per app setting, which is like the activity setting to, to, uh, to do this under certain circumstances. So if you're blind and low vision, if you're low vision or especially, you may want to take a look at this per app setting section of accessibility and uh, see if you could help customize your experience a little better. And as I mentioned earlier, the magnifier function is now a standalone app, which in a way makes sense because uh, it's really becoming more of a tool. It's replicating a, uh, a handheld video magnifier. So it might, it makes sense that uh, you put this as its own app so that you can bring it up from the home screen or wherever you put it um, and then have quick access to it. So um, if you use magnifier, and you're suddenly seeing that it's not under accessibility the way it used to be. Uh, this is what happened now. It became its own standalone, sand alone app and you gotta go and look for it.
So that's pretty much it. Um, as far as my overall, uh, findings and things that I've read about, I think overall it's a good update. Uh, like anything else, it's always rocky in the beginning, but I think in the end it, uh, what we get uh, far outweighs uh, the little annoyances that we have to put up with, but that's my use case. Other people may uh, may have a situation where these bugs can be showstoppers. So I say make an informed decision. I highly recommend going to appleviz.com slash blog. So that's A-P-P-L-E-V as in Victor, I as in uh, India, S as in Sam slash B-L-O-G, blog. And that's a real quick and easy way to access all these uh, reports that they put out. If you just go to the regular AppleVis site too, you'll see it. But uh, sometimes other topics uh, that start to get gain more popularity or activity uh, may push some of that stuff out of, the, out of that main screen. So if you definitely want to find these reports, they make them available for the watch OS update, for the TV OS update, for the Mac OS update, uh, all this stuff. Um, you can find those there as well. Um, and make an informed decision. I, I find the work that they do to be stellar and not just what they do, but also the discussions that take place. A lot of people contribute to those discussions and inevitably We'll point out other stuff that these staff didn't find in their testing, as well as point out workarounds that end up becoming very helpful uh, in overcoming or at least uh, uh, living with uh, some of these bugs. So remember, it's appleviz.com slash blog. Always make a point of looking at that site whenever there's an update to the operating system. And that way you can make an informed decision. So. I will once again open the floor and see if anybody has any questions, comments, or uh, anything they want to add to uh, these things that I've mentioned. Uh, yes, this is Keith again. Go ahead, Keith. You said, you said, you said, you said there's a feature for, there's a magnifier feature for low vision, people like myself or low vision? Yes, it, it is now a, a standalone app. So oh, it used to it used to be in under the accessibility settings, but now it's a standalone app. So it's I'm guessing it's going to be on on one of your home screens, or if you're like me and you have your phone set up to where it doesn't put new apps on home screens, but rather just stores them all in that app drawer. You need to um, sw- swipe with three fingers all the way past your last page to get to that app drawer. And there's where you can find all the apps that are installed on your phone, and you can access them that way. Oh, I should also point out that the iPad OS 15 now has access to this app drawer, which it didn't under iOS 14, because this was introduced in iOS 14, but not for the iPad. So iPads now on running iOS 15 have access to this app drawer, which I find to be very useful because now I have a lot less home screens full of apps. So now the only apps I have on home screens or in folders that are on the home screens are things that, that I want to have very quick access to. And I find them, uh, I find it helpful to get to it that way. So yeah, give, give that a try. Anybody else with anything? Go ahead. Uh, I, I'm sorry about disturbing. Uh, you said that how how can I we uh, access the uh, app drawer and put our apps there? 
So you access the app drawer. Let's say you have three home screens on your phone, you know, full of apps. Oh yeah. You're gonna, you're gonna swipe past that third screen with three fingers and now you're in the, uh, the, the app drawer section. I forget what they call it. I don't know if they call it app drawer exactly, but app it's, library, it's, I think that's app library. I'm, I'm thinking Android when I say app drawer because they, Android actually had this years before. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, it's, it's, it's app library. That's what it's called. Thank you for that correction. Yeah. Uh, that's how you get to it is you, you swipe past your last, uh, screen of apps and there and I think they categorize it which for some people I, I guess it's helpful for me I just wish that they uh, showed them A to Z or like like Android does I, I find that to be more helpful but they're there and you can do that and I think under your app store settings you can tell it that when you download apps to not put them on your home screen oh thank you so that's, that's how I have mine set up and then what I once I did that I went through, I spent an afternoon and I went through all my home screens and I moved all the apps that I didn't need into the app library. I dragged them all in there. So okay. now I have a lot less amount of home screens to move through when I need to get the stuff. All good. Thank you very much. You're welcome. And by the way, there's also the spotlight search. Everybody forgets about spotlight search. It's oh, a yeah. great way to, um, to access your apps is to, you know, from, from the middle of any of your home screens, if you swipe down with three fingers, you now have the option to type in the first few letters or you can even dictate into that edit field and, and say the name of an app and bring it that way. Which for some, given the Siri problems that are being experienced, maybe that might be the way to verbally open up apps for the time being. I do same. Yeah, I'm I'm too lazy. I would say, hey Siri, open weather. <laughs> well, if it's working for you, that's great. But uh, like I said, some people are having problems with Siri, so um, that's why I I, I I I try not to rely on Siri as much as possible because right. she'll betray you like that. But yeah. Okay. It, so if, if people are looking for another way to verbally open up apps, uh, that's a, that's another way to do it is by bringing up that spotlight search, putting focus on that edit field, and now doing your two-finger double tap to invoke dictation and say the name of the app. Oh, something else speaking of dictation that I should point out that I've noticed with iOS 15 is that now it doesn't cut you off after a minute or two like it used to. Remember um. I, it, it would, you'd be in the middle of mid something yes. and it would cut you off. And I've noticed now with iOS 15, that is not happening. So, um, that's another, uh, interesting one to point out. That's a pro. Have you new language, uh, with voiceover, uh, Julian? You know, they, they probably have done some, oh, I don't know that they've added new languages, but one thing I did remember reading about and I, I didn't bring it up here because I didn't know if it would be helpful to a lot of people here, but, I think they've now added a, a an ability a lang- under language detection that you certain languages that are uh, written uh, right to left as opposed to uh, left to right, right. Uh, you can have it detect those now well, when it's reading uh, detecting language. So you might want to play with that. Oh yeah. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Masood. Thank you. All right. Does anybody else have any uh, thing? Robert, they want to add to the- yeah. Go ahead, Robert. Um, just as far as your, um, comment about cutting you off, I had to do that this morning. Um, I was dictating a text message and I, I probably went about a minute and a half or so and all of a sudden it stopped and I was still in mid sentence. So, 
Um, so still doing that for me and I was 15. Oh, weird. Yeah. yeah I, I, I've been noticing for a while that it didn't cut me off. It's either that or maybe the extended time and I haven't uh, talked that long <laughs> yet to yeah. try it. Now I'm going to have to open up a yeah. edit field and start counting and see how far it lets me count before there it stops me. <laughs> yeah. Joy says that's a long text message though. So I don't know if I agree with that, but anyhow. <laughs> well, uh, I'll send it to her. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> she says thanks. Yeah, with, with an exclamation welcome. point. I aim to please. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anybody else have any uh, comments or what's up? Um, it's Raquel. Oh, hold on. Okay. Raquel hasn't spoken yet. Let's let Raquel speak. I just have a quick question. I did not here, uh, maybe I was on a phone call. Um, the, what do you call it? The, the one that I always ask you about, the call audio, do you know if they have um, made it be part of uh, the thing that I can put on the, um, on the control? I think control. you're referring to the ability to have calls answer, answered automatically. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a feature in iOS that you can actually have your phone answer automatically if you want. And uh, in some cases, for people with certain disabilities, that's helpful. In the case of where you do certain kind of work, where the first one to answer, you know, early bird gets the worm, that could also be useful function. That's how Raquel uses it, that function. I don't believe that they've done anything. Uh, oh, I haven't seen anything and I haven't read anything that suggests that, that they've made that something that you can, uh, add a shortcut to. That's what I was sorry waiting for. Yeah. I'm sorry about that. Okay. I guess I will keep bugging them. You do that. Keep writing them. Accessibility at apple.com. Make a nuisance yeah. of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, who else was on deck here? Uh, Tom. Tom, go ahead. A couple of things. Um, the uh, You mentioned something about Safari. Uh, something changed in Safari, and I don't recall what that was. Uh, and so the most notable changes to Safari. Um, was there anything that particularly stood out? about Safari and what changed in iOS 15? Yeah, a lot of things actually changed in Safari, especially the look of it. Um, I didn't talk much about it, but AppleViz broke that down very nicely. You might want to go and read uh, as that's part of their report. So read that because they, they, they're going to do a much better job of, of giving you the nitty-gritty on that. But, but to tell you just my observations of it... Um, it changed by default now things like the um, the address bar at the bottom of the screen. And there's also like the toolbar that has your certain options is kind of hidden until you invoke it. But you can actually go in there in the settings and you can uh, put the address bar back at the top. You, you can pretty much make it, you know, bring back the standard tabs and all that stuff. So if you kind of like Safari look in the way that it always has before, uh, you can go in there and, and change all that. So that's one of the biggest things that changed about it is, is the looks of it. And believe it or not, it 
they were going to change it even more drastically. And they kind of walked back some of that during the beta cycle. Uh, before there was no option in the early days, there was no option to bring it back to the earlier look. <laughs> so I, I'm guessing a lot of people must have yelled about it and caused them to take a second look. Yeah. Well, one of the reasons I was asking about that, I, I have a student who is still running 4.8, uh, or 14.8 on her iPad. And, uh, we were looking for things like, uh, share in the toolbar. Uh, she wanted to bookmark a site that she was at and we couldn't find it. I thought, hmm, she's probably tweaked something and I wasn't sure what that was. And that made me wonder if, uh, you know, there was a, an update to Safari that got snuck in with, you know, one of the latter updates in 14. Um, yeah, I think, I think it used to be, it was the, I think you have to like double tap and hold. Uh, was it the edit field or somewhere in that vicinity to, 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 cause that toolbar is sort of hidden now. So it, it, it kind of hides itself until you do something to show it. But if you go into the Safari settings, you can change it and make it look, make it look like it does more or less on iOS 14.8. Well, being a long-time iPhone user, I like my Safari just the way I had it. <laughs> yep, same <laughs> here. I've, I've been somewhat resistant to change uh, on that score. I don't want to have to hunt around to find stuff. I don't blame uh, you. And the and the truth is that every time they change these things, it always breaks how it works with VoiceOver, always breaks the way it works with Braille displays. And from what I understand, there are some issues with Safari and Braille display. So, yeah, uh, it's it's kind of annoying. Uh, just like when Apple implemented that new, uh, slide to type feature, they oh, turned God, it on everybody. That. And it's, it's the, fr- it's a frustrating oh. thing because it, because if you're not ready for that, if you, if, and you don't know that it's there, all of a sudden your keyboard's not behaving the way you expected. I so hate it. It's one of the things I, I, I have a whole list of things, tweaks that I do to a new student's phone, especially when they're new to all this stuff. <laughs> now <laughs> going up. Slide to type. Slide to type drives me nuts. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a fan of it. Some people um, love it, but uh, well, you know, and I, I almost invariably tell people, you know, get rid of predictive everything. Yes, <laughs> yes, because it's a monumental <laughs> pain in the ass. Uh, yeah, it, it's a pain. Yeah. It, it really is. Now, the other thing that you didn't mention, and I'm kind of curious about that. Uh, and it's not necessarily having anything to do with accessibility, but one of the things that I heard about, and this is something that, uh, Apple supposedly added in 15. I have not checked this out is the ability to do FaceTime with non Apple users. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't mention that this time because when I have talked about before about the, um, the announcements, I, I touched on it more then. But yeah, um, although I did kind of briefly say uh, they're turning FaceTime into Zoom. So yeah, I mean, you can, you can have multiple users and yeah, you can actually send somebody a link. It's a secure link. So oh. basically any browser can let somebody who's not on an Apple device join your FaceTime uh, conference. Oh, okay. Just, I, I just was kind of curious about that, if uh, anybody had tried that yet. Uh, I, I'm not a heavy user of FaceTime. Uh, there are a few people that I do, you know, FaceTime with who are Apple users. But in the event that 
you know, I ran across an Android user and, you know, didn't know they were an Android user and said, Hey, can you do FaceTime? He said, you know, and they said, no, I'm an Android person. Uh, you know, then I could say, well, yeah, you can. I just wouldn't know, you know, how that's done, but I can, yeah. I can read up on that. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure you can read up on it or even just play with the app and go through the motions of adding, adding an invite and invitate, you know, inviting somebody and, you could even, you know, practice it on yourself, send it to yourself and see what it sends. But I imagine it's going to be kind of like Zoom where it's going to send the link and they click on that link and it doesn't matter whether on an, uh, Android device, uh, a Windows machine, whatever. Um, the probably even Linux for all we know, uh, be able to, uh, log, you know, take part of that conversation. <laughs> So yeah, cool. and, by, and by the way, see, I, I, I can't, I, inevitably there's always things I'm going to miss when I'm putting these notes together. It's going to be mostly centered on my own experiences, but, uh, that's the beauty of having the group is that, uh, it's not just me giving all this. I, uh, I look for the rest of you to come in here and chime in with stuff that you found or are curious about just like you did. So. By you doing yeah. that, you you brought that item to the discussion table. So, and that's the power of this group. Yeah. So, thank you for doing that. That's what's really neat about that. And I I want to thank you for uh, this presentation today and the ability to have this discussion. Uh, because you know there are people who don't necessarily go up to Applevis and start poking around, and I don't always have time for that myself. So, uh, so I think this is really great that we've we've had a chance to do that. Yeah. And you know, when you're on those long access share rides, that's a great time to visit Apple Viz. but yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I'm almost invariably, you know, catching up on email or, or I, lately I've been, you know, back into doing a lot more leisure reading, uh, novels and magazines and such. So, uh, that keeps the, Frustration down. <laughs> yeah, crazy absolutely. Rides. I know what you mean. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, Tom. Uh, thanks sure. for, for all that. And thanks for bringing that up. Yeah. Man, thank, thank you for giving me the opportunity to, to mention those things. So, all right. Um, anybody else? Any questions about iPhones, about iOSs, about uh, things like that? Go ahead, Masood. Um, how many people we can have in uh, one FaceTime call? You know, I, I don't know. I don't know that there's a, what the limitation is on that. And uh, my second question is about the camera app that before, before that, when we were watching the video, we can, they can fast forward or uh, skip back or skip forward. Or we can, we could trim the video if we want it. But in iOS 14 or whatever, they took it away. Have they put it back to the camera? Um, well, the, the camera app is for recording the videos. Are you, you're talking about playing back video, right? Yeah. Yes. So are you talking about iMovie or you, no, what are no, you talking about? Like, you know, when you go to the photo section and there's a video, you play it. And, um, we could fast forward or, uh, back forward before. Oh, so, so, and you're not, ac- you're not able to access the seek bar anymore? No, no. 
Huh. I, uh, I haven't well, looked for that. Friend. We could find the video. I can want. answer that question. Okay, go ahead. The answer is no. When they took it away on iOS 14, I have tried it. I know what you're talking about because, you know, like when you play the video and then you press the edit button so you could actually trim from the beginning or ending, the answer is still no. Okay. okay. And Julian, you didn't talk about today about the special audio that they introduced in uh, uh, iOS 15. Oh, yes. Well, again, uh, those are nice little things. And um, have you experienced them? Uh, No, no, no. Yeah. So for me, those are distractions. Um, (laughs) I I know that there are other people who value that stuff because, again, they wouldn't put it in there if they didn't think that somebody was going to use it. But I didn't bring that up because, frankly, I, I just don't see how it plays necessarily into a discussion that's focused on the accessibility uh, features, which is what I was more focused on today. But, uh, but again, it's, it, it's something that's there. Yeah. You can play relaxing sounds while you're doing stuff. The only problem with that, that I've read is that you can't easily stop and start them. So I, I'm guessing you have to go to wherever you went to, to initiate them to, to stop them from playing as opposed to being able to do like a two finger double tap and instantly shut it off like you can with any other, any other audio source that plays. So hopefully they'll fix that. But, um, yeah, um, that is definitely one of the, uh, the new things that, that Apple added uh, to this among other things is that the, the, the ability to share, uh, songs, share video, share things like that, which I understand is currently not available as of yet. It's supposed to come in the future, but they touted that a lot in June when they did WWDC that you'll be able to get together with a bunch of people on FaceTime, for example, and watch something together. And I guess apparently it cues it up and everything so that everybody is is seeing it exactly in the same uh, time frame. So that'll be fun, you know, and we'll see how that plays out and see how many uh, some how many of us end up liking that feature, but you know, um, it, it is amongst other things. And you, there's, there's lots of places where you can go online. Nine to five Mac, for example, is a great source. Uh, uh, there's so, so many places you can go and read all the mainstream, uh, publications on the new stuff that comes with iOS 15. So uh, I, of course, only focus uh, again on the accessibility and most, and more specifically, the blindness and uh, low vision aspect of accessibility on these devices. But uh, there's a whole other world to iOS 15, and I highly encourage you to go out there and, and Google and search and go to uh, things like Nine to Five Mac, listen to the mainstream podcasts, you know. Uh, uh, iOS today from Leo Laporte, MacBreak Weekly. There's so many of them out there, and you can you you can have you can go for weeks probably and and, and not be able to to consume all that stuff. So there's a lot out there if you're really interested in learning all the new things that have been added. So uh, it's a it's a very uh, powerful collection of, of features and, and upgrades. So. Anybody else have any uh, questions, comments? Robert. Go ahead, Robert. Yeah, question for you. Um, so I haven't seen anything on my end, which you know, I'm wondering if there has been, or, and I just missed it, um, a watch OS update? Uh, yes, there is. There's a watch OS 8 
And um, again, if you go to uh, applevis.com slash blog, you mm-hmm. can read about it. Um, I glanced through it. I, I didn't see anything that was really noteworthy for us other yeah. than that they've added an on-screen keyboard, which looks suspiciously like flick type. <laughs> I, heard I don't know if you guys yeah. have been following that whole saga, but basically flick type has been pulled out of the app store, which I'm very sad about, but uh, mm. there's articles out there about it. And apparently uh, the Apple actually tried to acquire them, but I uh. guess Costa and Ashley didn't want to sell for whatever Apple was offering. And Apple's kind of made life a little difficult for them. Mm. So as a result, they've kind of pulled it. But interestingly enough, their new uh, swipe or whatever thing they got going on the uh, Apple Watch for typing, I'm told, looks a very much like flick type. So okay. interesting. Yeah. Well, I never got a notification about any updates, so I guess I'll have to just go check my my Apple Watch um, oh, yeah. settings. So yeah, yeah. All right. Been focused yeah. on the iOS 15 for the phone. Um, with with all the stuff and and Apple this and everything. So I didn't really look, but I'll have to go check it out. Yeah. If you go to applevis.com slash blog, you'll see all the reports Mm -hmm. for the updates. Okay, cool. Thanks. You're welcome. Anyone else? Nancy. Nancy, go ahead. Hi. And finally, I'm in a quiet place. (laughs) Um, First, I just wanted to say thank you for... This presentation has been very informative. Um, I I do have a, a comment for the person that mentioned uh, about the video uh, trimming feature. Um, I actually tried it and it's it does work. When I go to edit and then you go to there's a button that says video. Um, it will tell you start and it says adjustable. So instead of flicking up like you would on a seat. Uh, slider, you have to uh, swipe to the right or to the left if you start from the ending of the video. I hope that helps. Okay, yeah. Thanks for uh, adding that and thanks for uh, your comments about uh, the presentation. Do you have anything else? Uh, no, that's it. Thank you. Okay. Well, thanks for the uh, the contribution there. All right. Anyone else? Okay. Well, hearing none, then I guess uh, it's 3.50, so it's close enough. We're going to go ahead and wrap up here. I want to thank all of you again for continuing to be blindness barrier breakers and participating in our discussions and contributing toward the efforts that uh, help empower all of us to get rid of those annoying barriers that uh, get in the way that we deal with as blind people. So again, if anybody uh, wants to get a hold of me for any reason, I can be reached. Uh, the easiest way to do it is just to go to my website, www.techjv.com, and uh, look up my contact info there, get a hold of me. And uh, thanks again for, for being here. And uh, again, keep on breaking those blindness barriers, and we'll see you at the next meeting.